0: how's it going everybody welcome back to the elps up podcast in episode 18 we're gonna be going over our stanley cup playoff uh first round update so uh each round has had about three to four games played already and uh there's been some that we've kind of expected and then there's been some which uh, we definitely haven't expected so uh, i'm really excited to get into uh each series and just think about uh what we've been surprised about what we haven't been surprised about and uh kind of where we see this series going now that uh, we've seen a couple games unfold but uh uh, before we get into any of that, uh, I'm your host Brett Potter, and I'm here with my co-host Ken Kelbach. How's it going, buddy?
1: I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back. Been lost from a of, or been watching a lot of hockey lately. Obviously, the playoffs have started. I think it's been as advertised so far. Like it's, I've been super excited to watch the games. A lot of the series have been, you know, decent, but there's been some really good series as well, like the Kings and Oilers series that I've yeah. been. Yeah, that's like a can't miss series for me I've been watching all those games there's, there's a few others that I haven't caught all of them too but yeah it'll be fun talking about all these series
0: yeah for sure like there's there's been a lot that I, I've been really uh it's been really exciting to watch but uh, I think for our first one we're going to start with East and we're going to get into the Bruins versus Panther series uh the Bruins are currently up 3-1 and uh as you predicted uh you had Bruins winning 4-1 the series I had Bruins winning 4 not or sorry you had Bruins 4-2 actually
1: yeah and six yeah
0: I had, uh, I had Bruins in four, so uh, we might get a little bit of uh, in-between there. But, uh, yeah, Bruins are up 3-1. Uh, and this, this series is pretty feisty, actually. You saw Allmark going <laughs> at Kachuk, dropping the glove, dropping the mask and everything. So uh, that that's really good to see. I, I love to see uh, guys getting fired up in the playoffs, and especially goalies, too. So, um, yeah, this has been a really good series. Uh, I think the, the big thing that has kind of stuck out for me with the Bruins is uh, I didn't watch them too much in the regular season. Uh, it, it wasn't really too much fun to watch them, honestly. Every every single game, yeah. you knew they're gonna win. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> one thing I've been really surprised with, and uh, maybe not surprised is the best word, but I've you know kind of been uh, impressed by, is uh, the chemistry between Tyler Bertuzzi and uh, Pasternak. Like, like those guys are really really good together, and uh, for uh, for Bertuzzi just coming over at uh, the trade deadline, like it looks like these guys have played together for a long time.
1: Oh, yeah. Bertuzzi's been awesome in the playoffs. I think he's got, like, six points already in four games or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. he's, like, one of their one of their team leaders already. But, uh, yeah, like they, this series has been really good. And, um, yeah, I, I've really been looking forward to watching the games. How about you?
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. And like you said, it's there's been a lot of banter just back and forth, so many scrums and stuff. It's playoff hockey, right? And then with the last two games going to blow out, it's, there's – that just makes for more if you know what i mean like just more scrums more everything people not you know getting along and i'll be excited to see game five because i don't know if you've seen at the end of last game matthew kachuk cross-checked garnett hathaway like in the ribs like like hathaway was like facing the boards in a scrum and he had another guy on the on the panthers and then kachuk just comes darting across the ice and just cross-checks him right in, the, yeah like in the back like yeah. in the back of the ribs. Jeez. And and Hathaway goes down. Obviously, that hurts. And Hathaway didn't see who, who did it. But then they inter- interviewed him after the game. And he said, yeah, uh, like I definitely wasn't happy. That's a cheap play and stuff like that. And then he said, I didn't get to see him, but there's a video. So I'll see him when I watch it on video. No, that's so awesome. yeah. it, It'll be fun to see if maybe those guys, you know, fight next game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Kachuk's been doing like, he's been really mixing it up and just doing oh, yeah. what Kachuk's. Uh, not just him, but what his dad and what his brother do. And uh, another thing that uh, he did was he scored that through the leg school. And that, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. it, it was pretty much on like an open net, but uh, it just he, he did it really quickly. And uh, like it wasn't really about the puck placement but it was just about how the speed and how quick he got it off. So just you know, like he, he pretty much does it all. Like him and Marchand have been going at each other. And you said Hathaway, he's been he, he likes to go after goalies too. Like he uh, he had stuff with like. Um, was it Quick? He put, he put his like kinda of his stick in the mask of Quick a couple couple of months ago. And uh I feel like he's kinda of had bad blood with Bennington, or am I just making that up? Hathaway? No, uh Matthew sure.
1: Kachuk. Oh. He has with Bennington, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. everybody has with Bennington, to be honest.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, Kachuk he, he's out there making a lot of trouble, but but that's fun for the playoffs. I mean him against the Bruins. I mean, the Bruins have a whole team like that, right? So it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And that the Hathaway uh, acquisition, whatever you want to call it, like him and Bertuzzi, both those guys, they like they fit the Bruins mold perfectly. Yeah, you know what I mean. For like sure. They both just play that style, like the playoff style, and just, they're just like grinders, right? They just get under your skin, like kind of like a Michael Bunting, just like that. Yeah. So they've been great pickups for Boston.
0: Yeah, for sure, and we'll get into the Bunting hit later. Uh, actually, uh actually, you know what? Let's just get into that now. Uh, right. the uh, the Lightning's versus Leafs series. Uh, Leafs are up two one right now. Um, you know, everyone in Leafland is, you know, uh, we're going pretty happy go lucky, but you know, let's not remember they were up two one last year too, right? And they're playing the exact same team, uh, same home ice advantage and everything. So uh, I don't think they should get excited too early. Um, but they have looked really good, to be honest. Uh, first game, it was it was a blowout, and they lost seven seven three, but um, or seven two or something like that. But uh, since then, they've actually looked really good. Uh, obviously, game two, they they had a really big statement win, and game three in Tampa. Bay, uh, to take that first one on the road in in Tampa, especially, is really big for them. So um, I like what I've seen from them. Um, since Samsonov hasn't looked too great, to be honest, um, from from what I've seen in them, but. Um, you know what? You know what we say, like goalies are voodoo, right? So there, there's no reason why from here on out he can't turn into you know the goalie that he showed in the regular season.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that that's one of the things that we talked about, right? Just yeah, you know, I I said that it probably wouldn't be that much of a problem for them because he had a really good se- regular season, but playoffs are a different animal, right? And when yeah. he doesn't have any playoff experience like Vasilevsky. so it probably wasn't the smartest idea for me to bet bet for Samsonov and against Vasilevsky just because of the experience difference there. But, I mean, so far, so good. I, I I did pick the Leafs. You know, we'll see how that ages, but they are up 2-1. That's been a... I mean, it's been an all-right series. Game three was good, but the first two games, that's not very fun to watch, right? Like, you No, know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't
0: true playoff hockey that like we've seen in yeah, the Leafs
1: series. Yeah, and, and last year, last year was the exact same, if I remember correctly. I think the Leafs blew out Tampa in game one. And then the other way around, uh, the Lightning blowed the Leafs in Game 2 last year. So it was kind of the same thing this year, just in different order. So the first two games were kind of just blowouts. But I think from here on out, it, it will be a lot closer, more like Game 3 that we saw. And it, it should be fun. That series will probably go 7 as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I, I had Tampa in 7. Um, but one thing, if, if you are a Leafs fan, it's good to see that your your best players are starting to step up a little bit. uh you've seen matthews you've seen marner uh, tavarth that a really good series uh played well uh morgan riley's played also really well uh so it's good to see that their big stars are playing well when in the past they don't really have that reputation exactly but uh from here on out like when elimination games start coming into play that's when the pressure really starts to get on them right so uh we'll, we'll see if they can you know uh keep playing how they're playing on those bigger moments and when there's elimination games or if if they have a chance to put away Tampa or if their backs are against the wall, we'll see how they play. But um, so far, they've looked really well. And I've been, I've been impressed, especially by Marner, actually.
1: Yeah, Marner's been awesome. I, I think at the time we're recording this, he's got like eight points in three games, which yeah. is just insane. I think he's second in playoff points behind drysido who we'll get into later. But yeah, Marner's been awesome. I think he's kind of answering any questions that people have had. I know a lot of people kind of use his playoff, you know, like his playoff reputation, if you will, like he's not very good in the playoffs in, in the past. They use that against him to kind of undervalue him and, you know, maybe rate him lower than he probably should be from based off what he's doing in the regular season. Yeah. I wasn't one of those guys. Obviously, when we did our winger rankings, I think I had him second at the time. I'm a, I'm a big Marner fan, at, at least just how skilled he is. He's a, he's a lot of fun to watch. I think he's a superstar. I think he gets a lot of hate and I, it's nice to see him kind of breaking out in the playoffs and hopefully that continues. Yeah,
0: yeah he has been looking really good. And um I, I think we're gonna go into our next series here. Uh Hurricanes versus Islanders. Uh the Canes are currently up three one and uh they've looked really, really good. Uh Aho's been playing really well. Uh he actually just became the franchise leader in playoff goals. And uh yeah, like they, these guys are looking really good. Um especially against a, a guy like Sorokin. Like they've been finding a way to put up, you know, a good amount of goals and um they're, obviously their defense has been very well too. So, uh, Hurricanes. I think I protected Hurricanes in five or Hurricanes in six maybe. Um, but yeah, like uh, this series is another really good series. Uh, if you like hard defensive hockey, this is definitely one for you to watch. And uh, yeah, it, it's I've I've liked what I've seen from it.
1: Yeah, I think this series is pretty comparable to the Minnesota and Dallas series. It's just really tight defensive two two really tight defensive teams. You know, really strong defensively, but you know, not great up front. I don't think there's a single point per game player between the two teams in that series, the, or at least for forwards. So it, it's you know, kind of as we expected. It's probably one been one of the more boring series so far. It, you know, the the goals aren't blowing you away, the like the goal totals and everything. But just as far as playoff hockey goes, just with that shut shut down defensive style, it might be boring, but it's it's still Good hockey, right? And those two teams, I think, are pretty. You know, they're playing pretty evenly. I I know Carolina is definitely probably going to win that series, but I think the Islanders have done a pretty decent job so far. I mean, they went to overtime in game two, right? That could win either way, and and that that was with an own goal. (laughs) This whole Sebastian Aho own goal thing, right? Yeah, but it was for the Islanders, just (laughs) Sebastian Aho, so it gets confusing. But yeah, like if if that own goal didn't happen, I think the Islanders would have won game two, which that's 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 tough to think about but and then the islanders won game three so i think that series has been closer than people think but yeah it, it's been probably one of the more boring series so far for sure
0: yeah i'm not sure if it's it's been that boring though because like the the losing team has uh, hasn't scored a lot of goals in, in their losses but the winning team has like you look at game four hurricanes scored five uh five two uh game three islanders scored five it was five one uh, game two was four three in overtime. Game one was a slow one. It was only two one, but uh, like I was expecting like one nothing two one, like two zero. Like I was expecting those type of games. Like I wasn't really expecting anything um, like many games over three goals, right? So um, just with the uh, with the Hurricanes play style and obviously with the Islanders play, play style especially, and they got Sorokin back there, I wasn't expecting a lot of goals, and I don't think anyone really was. But um, I, I think for me, I've actually. We've we've got more than what I thought we would.
1: Yeah, as the series went on, it's gotten better. I I know game one. I think that's game one's the only one I I think I watched the full game. So I think that's more what I was basing it off. I haven't caught up in the last couple games, and that and that one was just a low scoring game, right? But mm-hmm. you're right. It, ha- it has been better. I I think a couple of the goals in the the game three, the Islanders game, were empty netters. So it was probably like a three one final. Okay. Yeah. In reality, but yeah, it, it the, the last. The last game, game four, I seen the highlights. The, the Hurricanes did run up the score a little bit. So I had the Hurricanes in six, I believe. So I, I think they're going to close it out in the next couple games here.
0: Yeah, I had Canes in seven. So uh, we'll, we'll see. It'll, maybe it'll come down to the wire or maybe it won't. But uh, going into our next series, we've got the Rangers versus Devils. Uh, this is the last Eastern Conference matchup that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Rangers are up 2-1. Uh, and this has been a really good series as well uh I, I feel like every series i actually has been really good um but with rangers versus devils first game was a little bit uh a little bit lopsided i guess you could say with uh, the kind of the rangers running out of the out of the park a little bit but uh game two was another good hard fight from from devils uh but devil or um i should say the Devils actually they they got game three in msg so that, that was big for them not to go down three nothing but um, yeah, I, I like what I've seen. Uh, Chris Kreider has been on an absolute mission. Uh, Fox has been really good. And um, yeah, they're, they're just getting a lot of secondary scoring. And it, it's crazy to say that Patrick Kane and Tarasenko are secondary scores, But on this team, they, they kind of are right? So um, th- those two have been really good. And uh, I haven't really seen too much, honestly, from Zabanajad or Panarin. But um you know you know those guys' names for a reason, right? So uh, there, there's no reason why uh, they won't be able to turn up here in the next coming days.
1: Yeah, this series, the first two games were a little bit of a letdown almost because I, I really thought this was going to be the closest series. I thought for sure it would go seven, and then the Rangers come into New Jersey and they take both games, like, five to one. They weren't even really close. Like, they pretty much just dominated both those games. And, like, when you take the first two games on the road, that's, like, sweep territory you start thinking about a sweep for sure then the devils came back and they took one in msg one thing i noticed in this playoffs is like the road teams have been so good like, yeah like i think i think on the day one of the playoffs i think two road teams won and then yep on day two of the playoffs every road team won like in all four series the road team won every single game and so it, it, like I guess home ice advantage hasn't been that much of an advantage so far. You've you've been seeing road teams just come into other barns and just steal those games, which you used to see pretty rarely. But now it's it's been happening in a lot of this playoffs.
0: Yeah, I saw that on every single game one of the first round. Uh, six out of the eight road teams won, so uh, that's kind of surprising, especially with the playoffs and home ice advantage. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, I wouldn't read into that too much. Maybe I I feel like the home teams are just a little bit too excited. Well, the road teams are kind of they—they got more of a game plan, you know. They not—they don't, they don't got a—I don't know. They're—they're they're just kind of playing a little bit more simpler, I guess you should say. But uh yeah. yeah, like everyone's pretty jacked up for the for the home opener, and I don't know. I—I I think going into the the rest of playoffs, I wouldn't really look at that too much, would you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that home teams have a little bit more pressure, so maybe that is part of it as well. Just, just you know trying to put on a show almost in front of your home fans especially yeah. early in the playoffs or game one especially for an inexperienced inexperienced team like new jersey right i mean i don't know when the last time they had a playoff game in new jersey it's, it's been quite a few years but yeah i think you know i probably was right at the start you know when we when we predicted before the playoffs i said that new jersey wasn't just going to dominate the playoffs like they did the regular season yeah and so far i think that's looking pretty good like I think that the Rangers' experience last year was huge. I think that, you know, you see most teams, and same with, like, the Oilers, right? Last year, they went to the semifinals. So I think you need to go through that experience first, and I think that's a huge reason, like, I kind of predicted that the Rangers are beating the Devils as well.
0: Yeah, for sure, and we, we both have them in uh, in seven games, so we'll see how, where that goes, but uh, that's going kind to of close it out for our Eastern Conference side of things. Uh, we're now going to get into the West side, Uh, We're going to start with the Colorado Avalanche versus the Seattle Kraken. Uh, The Avs are up 2-1 right now. This is probably a lot closer of a series than I thought it would be, actually. Um, I I didn't really... I I predicted Avs in four, and uh, the Kraken already have a game. Uh, You predicted Avs in five, so you're kind of more on the right track. But um, the Kraken have looked really good, and and there's been some games where they could have won when they lost, right? So um, I I definitely wouldn't be surprised if this series was uh, 2-2 going back to... Back to Colorado, but uh, nevertheless, I I feel like Colorado is still going to win this.
1: Yeah, like I'm definitely a little bit surprised with how good Seattle's playing. I I did think that they would be a lot closer than most people think. Like I didn't predict any sweeps this year, and I think that was one of the only series I had going five, if not the only one. But like, because Seattle won the season series, right? (laughs) Like, I think there was three games, and Seattle won two of them in the regular season, and I know that Seattle or that. Colorado was beat up during the regular season. They had a lot of injuries. But, I mean, still, now Colorado's healthy and Seattle's still playing pretty well against them. Like, all those games have been hard fought wins. Like, nothing comes easy in the playoffs, especially in that series. You know, Seattle took game one in in a pretty surprising fashion. They come into Colorado, the defending champs. And then game two was pretty close. I know Seattle came out to an early lead, I believe. And then I remember saying, I was watching that game live and I remember saying, Seattle can't contain them forever, right? I, I was just well, – I think that once Colorado breaks out here, I think I think it's going to come, and I think they're just going to keep rolling. Yeah, and, and, like, I think probably 10 minutes later, I think that's when they scored, like, those back-to-back goals in yeah. game two, and then they ended up winning that game, and then they've won game two. But, I mean, I don't think this game is going to end in five. You know, I really think it's going to go at least six, maybe even seven. Seattle's definitely been the most surprising team, I think. They have – such good depth up front like they have so many guys we mentioned this as well in the preview like that daniel sprong on the fourth line he, yeah he's also on the power play but he's 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 got like over 20 goals there's so many other guys all throughout the lineup they, they don't have any stars like we said but they have so many guys like their top nine forwards or maybe the best in the league are up there so they have really good depth
0: yeah like uh i think alongside the jets like this is definitely like a wild card team that could upset for sure like uh, I think it's important to remember that the Kraken actually had a really good regular season, uh, considering that they finished in the first wild card spot. Like for a long time, they were in the top three uh, in the Pacific, Pacific Division, I should say, and um, a lot of the time they were actually in first. Like they went on that huge win streak in the middle of the season. It was like what was it, like seven, eight games, and they they beat the Bruins at home. I think they they handed Bruins the their first ever loss uh, at home this season and uh yeah they they had a really good regular season, considering that they finished in the playoff spot or in the wild card spot, I should say, so um yeah like i I still don't think Kraken have a chance to win the series, to be honest, uh just because of the avalanche's depth and uh their experience and just obviously their star power, but um yeah, like the Kraken are putting up a really good fight, and uh, it, it's good to see that like these these expansion teams are are kind of working out, you know,
1: yeah and See, they're actually a fun team to watch too. I think they're a pretty fast team. They're forwards, and they're good defensively as well. And I know Grubauer's been playing really well against mm-hmm. his form team, Colorado. So, yeah, it's it's been pretty close. But I think you're right. I think Colorado's going to kind of keep this momentum going and probably close it out in maybe five, but probably six, if I had to guess.
0: All right. So now going into our uh, next Western Conference series, we've got the Wild versus Stars. Uh, it's tied up at two, and this has been a really heavy. Uh, heavy fast series. What have you seen from uh, from the series that, that really sticks out to you?
1: Yeah, I haven't watched the series as much, but there the, all the games have been pretty close, right? Like, I think I think they split game one and two, and then they split in Minnesota yeah. as well. So now they're tied at two. But there's there was a big controversy last game in game four with the officiating. I know that officiating's been a big you know question mark. Like everybody's talking about it right now. In the hockey world and it's because they've just been terrible like if you go back and watch that game four there was two calls coincidentally or maybe not on the same player marcus felino and which were just terrible pathetic calls like i don't know what the refs are thinking one of the calls and i think both of the calls ended up being goals for dallas on the power play which you just can't have that happening like the refs are directly affecting the games at that point like you can't make bad calls in the playoffs like that. Like blatantly bad, bad calls like that. Like the first Marcus Felino one, they called him for tripping and he, he just like hit a guy and they both kind of went down. It was just like a collision. And I think Felino might've even got shaken up by it. He got hit up high by the guy he was trying to hit, but he got a tripping call for it. You'd have to watch the replay. It was a really bad call. And then later on in the game, he hit a guy behind the net who had the puck and they gave him interference. Yeah. The, like, no joke. they, they yeah. It's like they, they thought that he didn't have the puck, the defense. They thought that he missed it, but the guy touched the puck, and and Foligno hit him, and he got two minutes for that, and Dallas scored, and Dallas won, wins by one goal. So, so yeah. that's just unacceptable. I know uh, back in the, the Islander series, there was a high stick that got missed, and then that resulted in like an overtime goal later on. So that kind of – you know, caused who won that game as well, or at least had an effect on it. So, yeah, it, it just it sucks to see the officiating has been really bad, to be honest. This for a while now, honestly, but especially in this playoffs, they've been really poor.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I think just like the inconsistency is, is something that the fans are like the most disappointed in. Like, there's been so many times, like you said, where like uh like stuff that is like the definition of a penalty doesn't get called, and then something really soft gets called, right? So. Uh, for me, like, I, I, I just want consistency and uh, not just with the penalties, but also just with, like, overturning calls and, like, uh, like goal interference and, like, offsides and stuff like that. Like, there's there, there's been so many times where, like, not just in the playoffs, but also in the regular season where that stuff's not uh, not very, you know, consistent. So, uh, hopefully they can turn that around. And, honestly, a, a lot of diving that I've seen uh, has come from the Kings and Oilers series, and that's what we're going to go into next, um, especially from the Kings, like, uh the one guy that I've really seen dive, and it's getting, it's almost getting to the point where, like, it's it's frustrating to watch him play hockey. Is Victor Arvidsson? Like, just watching him dive, like, if, I'm not sure if you if you've seen the same. I know you've watched the series also very closely, but just watching Victor Arvidsson play hockey and him battle for any single any puck, like, he's always on the ground, and like, it's it's just it's brutal to watch. Honestly, like, it's it's, it's almost got to the point where, like, I you, like I said, you don't want to watch his, his shifts anymore because it's just been so annoying and uh he, he's, he's honestly he's drawn a lot of penalties too so um he, he's not just flopping out there for no reason uh he hasn't gotten any embellishment penalties but he, he's drawn a lot so uh hopefully they tighten up on that cuz uh there there's been so many penalties in that series too like uh just with how naturally uh McDavid draws penalties there's already going to be a lot but with uh with the Kings and Arvidsson, they've they've been doing a pretty a pretty good job of drawing penalties i guess you could say
1: yeah, I've seen a couple examples of Fiala like on the sportsnet panel, like in the in the corner where he like tried to draw a penalty once and then gets up. The refs didn't call anything, and like immediately after he fell again. Yeah. Like around an Oilers player trying to you know embellish another call and again no call. But I, I think that the refs have to start calling that, right? And because it's pretty obvious that Arvidsson is trying to get trying to bait the refs into you know, giving the other team a tripping call, even though nothing really happened. just. But at some point, you just got to call it embellishment. For sure. I, I know the Darnell Nurse hit. I disagree with a lot of people on that one, like the kind of leg-on-leg leg collision. Right, Arvidson yeah. Arvidsson went like spinning around in midair. I know a lot of yeah. people were mad about that, saying that was like the worst dive they've ever seen. But yeah, when, when you're going full speed towards somebody and your legs lock like this... And like your know, like your shin and your like your knee hits each other like this, like it's pretty hard to embellish that and do like a full flip. Like I think they're just going full speed, and he hit his leg, and he just kind of flipped after that. So I don't think that one was embellishing, but I I think that there's other examples of Arvidsson doing it, and the refs at some point have to start calling it.
0: Yeah, and like it only takes one embellishing penalty to kind of you know to take control of that, right? Like they don't need to get one every single game. Like I, I feel like one penalty in the series would. Kind of send the message to the kings but as far as that Darnell nurse hit, it's like I, I I didn't really think it was too much of a dive because I understand the whole neon knee, knee thing and I I could get why he his kind of his body spin around but what kind of got me was I'd have to go and look at the video again but from what I remember is that he he kind of almost lifted his head but he, he kept his arms on the ice he, he lifted his head when he was on the ice kind of looked around to make sure like you know something happened or like there was a penalty called. And then he looked back down on the ice and acted like he was hurt. So yeah. it's like he, he looked up to see what was going on, make sure his teammates are standing up for him, make sure the ref has his hand in the air, and then he goes back down and waits for the trainer to come out. It's like this is stuff we saw in novice when when you're you know, when you want your dad to come pick you up off the ice, right? Because you're you're hurt or whatever, right? So this is like it's just it's pretty eye to see honestly, and um, yeah, I, I really hope Arvison doesn't keep doing this and he, he's never been a fan of mine in, in uh in his whole career and especially i, I don't like him at all with uh with the predators because he always did so well against the jets but uh this this is another reason i i think after this these four games from what i've seen i think he's probably my top three maybe top five uh least favorite players in the league wow okay i think he's just not playing the game the right way right so yeah
1: Yeah, I mean, I I can see your point, especially where he, you know, beat up on your, your Jets in the past with the Predators.
0: That's not a huge reason, but that that's definitely that definitely is something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I really do think that embellishing and officiating right now are like the worst things in hockey right now. Like, they're really bad looks for the sport of hockey. If you have, you know, fans of other sports seeing this, they're just going to like scoff at this, like stuff that they're seeing. You know, hockey's always been known as the toughest sport, right? There's so many examples. I mean, you look at the Morgan Barron incident. Like, yeah. that was a terrifying incident. What did he get, like 75 stitches?
0: At least, yeah. Right, they said at right, least 75.
1: Right, right up here. And, and then he returns to the game, I think, in the same period. Like, not long after with, like, a full cage and 75 stitches and a couple, like, bandages there. So, I mean, that's just a prime example of how tough hockey is. But then when you have guys you know diving all the time like every game you're starting to see it more and more because i think the rest are falling for it more and more and i think a huge reason for that is how games are being called nowadays i i hate it like i hate it's it's almost like the games are just scripted like it's it, it just feels like and it, and it feels like everybody knows it like even the other coaches are talking about it how you know if one team gets three straight power plays it's like a you know, guarantee. Yeah. The you other know the teams next get ones. one yeah. even for if there's sure. a blatant call on this end they're just gonna be looking for something even the smallest thing on the on the team with zero penalties yeah and if he does anything little even if it's probably not a penalty he'll call it yeah and i've seen so many examples during the regular season where you know a team will already be on a five on four and because of that they won't call another penalty like like right. the, it'll be a five on four and there'll be like a blatant trip. Like the only way they're call, they're going to turn it to a five on three is if it's like a delay of game penalty at this point, because they, they just, it just seems like they're, it's like game management with the refs. They're like trying to manage the game and trying to make sure that the power plays are like, even for teams yeah, trying to keep it fair. Yeah. Like, and, and like you almost see when one team's trying to get back in the game and they're losing, you almost, they will get a power play most of the time, you know? Yeah. So I hate that. Like, I, I wish that they would just call it how it is. Like, if, if one team is super disciplined, they should earn that, and they should get zero penalties in the entire game, which you never yeah. see anymore. You, you'll never see a zero penalty game, even if they deserve it. Like, yeah. like if if the penalty should be six nothing, they sh- then then that's what it should be. If that's what the power play should be, I, I know that that's a huge you know deficit, but. But like, if that's what it's supposed to be, then call it like that. Because one team is playing undisciplined, and that's their own fault. And the other team is playing disciplined. They they shouldn't be taking any penalties. And, and you see that, like, a lot of people know it. Like everybody knows it. I, I like Sheldon Keefe was talking about this, about like how Stamkos was just punching uh, Matthews like while he was like cleaning up sticks. There was like a whole scrum after the point injury when he went to the boards, and then. Matthews was like cleaning up sticks instead of getting in the scrum for whatever reason, which was kind of weird. But then Stamkos grabs Matthews and he just starts like punching him like this, yeah, it's just over and over right in front of the ref, and they didn't call it, they didn't call anything. And then eventually Stamkos just dropped the gloves and started punching Matthews, so Matthews <laughs> kind of had to fight back. Yeah, and they both got five for fighting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's come on.
1: And, and I mean, like you gotta give at least like an instigator to Stamkos or like an extra for roughing. Yeah, an extra two, but because Tampa was already on a power play, like Tampa already got a penalty right before that, so they so they knew they could probably get away with a little bit more. So I I do kind of agree with what Sheldon Keith was saying there. I just think the the game management with the refs is just getting ridiculous at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and I I think the bigger, problem that. that no, 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 I, I I agree, and I I think the thing that I I have the biggest issue with the refs. It's kind of the same thing, but except uh it's about what they don't call uh in the last like 3 or 4 minutes of the game and also in overtime. Like it's it's like if the, if it's third period and it's a close game, say it's a tie game and there's 3 minutes left on the clock, like it, it's almost like they're not even out there anymore. Like like they they don't call anything. There's was, there was so many calls in in the Jets game that it was it was like uh like close game at the end of the third period, you know, maybe one goal game, and especially in the game three overtime between the Jets and the and the Golden Knights, there were so many times where it's like, okay, that that's obviously a penalty, like it, like that is the definition of a cross check. Like I remember in the corner, Neil Peony, he got just like bodied from behind, like right across the numbers, and it's like, okay, well, that's a penalty. Like I I understand it's overtime, yeah. and I understand that you want the guys to play play heavy, play aggressive. And I know that that's what playoffs is about, but like that, that is the definition of a cross check.
1: And yeah, it there, doesn't matter if it's overtime more, or less. late in the game. It's a penalty.
0: Exactly. Like that's a, that's a penalty at every single level of the game. Like whether you're in Timbits or whether it's a Stanley cup final, that should be a penalty, right? So it, it, it's pretty frustrating to see that like these, these refs are, are kind of just calling the game uh, by, 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 where it is in the game it it, kind of seems like and how how teams are doing like like you said if penalties are three nothing okay we're getting the next one on these guys right if it's it's close game and it's like two minutes left they're not going to call a penalty and it almost seems like it's coming from a place of fear from these officials because they're they're scared that uh their coaches are going to yell at them and the players are going to yell at them for uh the penalties being five nothing and then they're also going to get yelled at when they call penalty with 25 seconds left in overtime right it's like like i I, like they ought to be able to be able to take that take that heat you know that you're an nhl ref like uh, you don't have to be mr nice guy and have have rules for everything and like have everyone be happy and everyone have a fair game like you're supposed to call the game as you see it and try to uh, like call those penalties where in overtime and especially in that jets game it's like there's been so many calls where it's like okay, we should have been on the penalty kill here. Okay, we should have been on a power play here. So maybe that kind of cancels out because it is for all teams that I've seen. But at the end of the day, you want to see the right calls get made. And from what I've seen this whole playoffs, I haven't seen any of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you nailed that. Everything you just said, like, I think it's a great way of putting it, saying that it's coming from a place of fear. Like, Like, at the end of the day, you can't please... Every player, you can't please. You every can't team please everyone, yeah. Because there is so much bias within the teams. I mean, every single player is never; they're all gonna not like the call against them, even if it's yeah. completely obvious. I mean, yeah, you'll see the most obvious penalties, like Adrian Kempe the other night against the Oilers, cross-checked Bouchard, head first into the boards, and he's yeah. like, "What did I do?" <laughs> like
0: exactly, so, like, he's throwing his hands in the air. Yeah,
1: like so, so like there is just so much bias for your team, and especially with the coaches. Yeah. At the end of the day, no matter how obvious and how blatant it is, you're not going to please everyone. So you just have to accept that and just stop trying to make everyone happy. Yeah, you just have to call it the way it is. And if the power plays end up being five nothing, then that's the way they go.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and, and yeah, like like we've been saying, it's almost like like the refs they think they think they're out there to be peacemakers, you know they're not like you're not there to be you know the bad guys but you're there to you're there to do your job and your job is to call the game right and like, like well like we've been saying it's it's been sometimes difficult to watch some games where in c- scenarios you think Hey, we should be on the power play right now or you know maybe we got away with that one when we shouldn't have and uh like as much as it does suck like if your team takes a penalty like you, you should be penalized for that right so um there's been a couple of calls where the Jets don't get a penalty and you know, I'm not complaining too much, but at the end of the day for, for a hockey fan's sake, those need to be called. Right. So Um, do you think we should just move on to this series or do you
1: got any? Well, I want to talk about one more thing. Just like it's starting, it's affecting games as well. Like, Like you, like as a ref, the last thing you, you should want to do is affect the score of a game. Yeah. You don't want like, you don't want a bad call to end up, with a power play goal, and then the game ends with a one goal game, like what happened in Dallas I think that's the other What night. they're scared
0: of, you know?
1: Yeah, but that just it's it's like that's happening more and more, even though that's like what they're trying to avoid almost,
0: right? right?
1: Like they don't want to they don't want to call that fourth penalty on a team that has the only three power plays in the game, you know, because they're scared that that team's going to score a power play goal, and then it's going to yeah. like, oh, the power plays were for nothing. Yeah, you know, they won one nothing because and it was only a power play goal. So, but. I mean, you think back in recent years, like, remember the, the, I think it was a, the Pavelski incident against Vegas. Mm-hmm. I think it was Pavelski, right? And yeah, off no the base, off like, his head hit into the ice and he was, like, bleeding. He had to leave the game. Yeah. And I don't even remember it now. It's been so long. But I, I it either wasn't called. I think no, or, it was, like or it was on, called.
0: Yeah, it was like a five on three. Been. It was, no, it, it was definitely a penalty. But I, I, from what I remember, I think it was like a five on three for like two minutes. And then like the Sharks were down, like down by like three goals or something. And then they scored like three in on those power plays or something like that. I, or maybe it was it was a five minute major or something like that. But yeah, they, they, they were on like a power play for like a long time. then they, they, they had this huge comeback of like multi-goal comeback. But
1: yeah, but I, I, I think that it shouldn't have been a five minute major. Like, I think like it was a huge thing at the time, like, like I don't think that I think it was Cody Eakin I, I don't think he even did much like arguably couldn't even have been a penalty I'll have to go back and rewatch it I might be making myself look like a fool right now but San Jose ended up getting like a five minute power play and then they scored like four straight and they won the series in game seven right, so, and yeah. so that's directly affecting the series and again last year with the Penguins and the Rangers the the game the, the score was like four three Pittsburgh and late in the third period like five minutes left and behind the net Lafreniere literally ripped Marcus Pedersen's helmet off, literally just ripped it off, like straight in front of the ref. He ripped his helmet off. So Pedersen had to get off the ice, and then the Rangers tie the game, and they didn't call that a penalty. like That's interference or roughing or something. You can't just rip somebody's yeah. helmet off. play a game. Yeah, so so it's just, yeah, the officiating has just been so bad in the NHL.
0: So kind of getting back on track after the the whole ref uh, rant, uh, we were talking about the Kings versus Oilers series. Uh, the Oilers are in the Kings series tied up at two. Uh, two overtime, two overtime games, I should say, and uh, both have been like really, really close games. And uh, McDavid's been a little bit underwhelming, but it's it's McDavid, right? So uh, he'll, he'll get going. He had that one really good game where he scored two goals in like in like three minutes, you know. So th- that period was really good for him. But from the three other games, he was a little bit quiet. But hopefully, he gets going now. But I think definitely the best player in the in the playoffs, and definitely this series has has been Drysital, and uh, it seems like they're they're you know you can double team him, you can triple team him. He's either gonna you know find someone to pass it to, or he's gonna shoot himself, and he's he's putting up a lot of points, and uh, yeah, there's definitely a reason why he's second all time in uh, uh, playoff points per game. So uh, he's been looking great, and I I think as as a hockey fan more than anything, it's just really good to see him healthy because after last year he was pretty much skating on one leg uh, against the uh, Flames series and against uh against Avalanche there so uh it, it's good to just see him healthy and you know kind of see what he can do because he was a point per game on one leg last year and now he's well over point per game right now so uh yeah just really good to see uh Dreisaitl doing what he can do
1: Yeah there was a point in game 4 where he was on the ice for every Oilers goal in the entire series to that point I think for the first 3 games and the first like three Oilers goals in game four he was on the ice for and then I I don't think he was on the ice for the overtime goal for Hyman but like up to that point he was on the ice for every single goal in like four games that's, that's crazy I mean it, it's it's also like it seems like it's the same issues every year right with the Oilers and McDavid and Dreisaitl carrying and like when you're not scoring a goal without Dreisaitl on the ice it's, it's not it's not a good look you need your bottom six to, to do something to, to score some goals by themselves but on the topic of dry setup, he, he's proving to everyone who didn't believe that he was a superstar, everyone who thought that he was a product of McDavid, wrong. Yeah. He, he's proving that he is a true superstar in this league. You know, maybe top three, probably top three, maybe even the second best player in the league, to be honest. He, I mean, he I, could
0: I, be. I, what he's been showing lately, he could be, yeah.
1: I would put McCarr there still, but. He's probably the second best forward in the league right now. Drysettle, right there with McKinnon, I would say, and he's proving it in the playoffs. I mean, he has a better points per game average in the playoffs than McDavid in, in his career. Like he, he's been outperforming McDavid in the playoffs, and and that just proves that he's not a product of McDavid. You know, he he can he can do it by himself. Yeah, and I know Malkin dealt with a lot of that when he was younger, just being behind a superstar. You know, he doesn't get enough credit for that. I think Drysettle's kind of been the same thing. But I think you're going to start to see him get some more attention now, just like Malkin did when Crosby was injured and then Malkin won that MVP.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a really good comparison, kind of. Um, Crosby, McDavid, you know, dry subtle, uh, uh Malkin, I should say. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. I could hope hopefully they have the same success as those guys, because I'd love to see, you know, McDavid and settle lift the cup one day. But uh, going into our final series, uh, we have... The Golden Knights against your Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Golden Knights are up 2-1 right now. Uh, but you know what? I'm really confident the Jets to tie this up thing, uh, tie this up tonight. Uh, 2-2 in the series. Going back to Vegas would be awesome. Uh, We've we played really good on the road. So uh, there's no reason why we couldn't win that Game 5, If uh, it, uh, especially if we win tonight. So, um, yeah, I, I've liked what the Jets have been doing a lot. Uh, Adam Lowry is just absolute dog. Uh if if there's one guy bonus should give the C on the team, I think it is Adam Lowry. And I, I hope it is Adam Lowry, actually. Um, he's just he's so selfless. He does everything right. He's almost similar to like a Zach Hyman who we talked about in this on the pod before. He can he can score, he can pass, he can play DP, play defense, he can fight, uh he, he lays the body a lot. He he's just like a big energy guy, but he also gets it done uh on the offensive side of things and he plays in every every situation whether it's penalty kill or second unit power play or uh like he, he's out there on the last two minutes of the ice and uh he, he starts the game like he 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 pretty much does it all and uh yeah I've I've really been impressed on what he's been doing lately and um yeah this this is a guy that I think um is gonna be a huge reason on, on the Jets success if they have any.
1: He he had like three goals in the first four games, didn't he? I mean like the that. first two. Wow! Yeah, 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 and then he had that tying goal as well. Yeah, in that awesome game—the
0: one to Punamenta. Yeah, yeah, what a game that was!
1: Just the crowd in Winnipeg—it it sucks that Winnipeg wasn't able to win that in, on home ice, just because that comeback. I remember texting you during that game, heading into the third. Yeah, I was like, or I think it was right after the Need Writer goal. To make it four 2 early in the second, I said maybe the Jets can come back here. And then what do you know? They did. They tie the game. And then, but it it sucks that they lost. I can't. What was it? Michael Amadio, I think, who scored the yeah, O.C. winner. just
0: just a brutal play. Like Sandberg, he he honestly he should have went up the boards. Don't get me wrong. Um, he like he he had an easy outlet uh, to Connor on the boards, but he kind of he tried to make a direct pass and it went off. Uh, I'm not sure actually whose skate it went off. It might have been Marsh or so's skate. Um, but it went off his skate, and it just like it was just put on a silver platter for, for however you say that guy's name, Amadio or uh, Camadio. or uh, I don't yeah. know how to say it. <laughs> however you say it, he, he buried it, went bar down. It was it was a dope shot, but uh, yeah, just really bad luck, and you know like it, I don't know. It's in games like that you don't want to. You know it's kind of disappointing, right? Like I would obviously it's disappointing as, as a Jets fan no matter how they score, but in a in a thriller and like an instant classic like that. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's only right for it to be like a, a pretty goal or something like that, right? So uh, that, was, that was kind of a disappointing way to finish the game. But uh, I, I think that that comeback from the Jets was really promising. And um, one player that I really want to talk about, because he's had a lot of playoff um, kind of, you know, recognition, whether it's been positive or negative, is Mark Shifley. And uh, the first two games, uh, he wasn't really doing anything. And he, he was really quiet actually. He only had like one shot in the first two games, which is not like him at all at all. He had 40 goals this season, so he's he's shown that he can he can shoot the puck. And in game three, we kind of saw a little bit of what we've seen from the past of Mark Scheifele, and he he almost he gets so into it and he gets so excited that he kind of he gets those like crazy eyes and his eyes kind of just start like you know like going like going bug eyed, and he's he he almost looks like, I know he's what got, you mean. like he, he looks like psychotic and like. We've seen that in the past when he hit Jake Evans behind the net there, and he just just, just folded the kid behind the net there. The guy just got
1: folded. That was but, so unnecessary, though.
0: No, <laughs> oh, I mean he. That's that's a different conversation, but uh, yeah, when he just folded him, it was like he, he had those eyes too, and, and I've seen, we've seen those eyes in uh, in Game Three. So I, I honestly, when I see those eyes, I I get worried for our team because it means our best player is getting away from his game. And we, we can't be doing that because Shifley, he, he's definitely uh, he's a big energy guy, but he's not one of those guys that he, he's an enforcer, right? So he needs to get back out there and get to shooting the puck. And it was good to see in game three, uh, even though he was getting a little bit psychotic in the first tier periods, it seemed like he kind of dialed it back a little bit in the third. And um, yeah, it, it was good to see just him, him kind of remain confident in himself and on how he can shoot the puck because uh, on the, on the, I think it was on the power play. um, he kind of went into in the zone. He lost the puck, and then uh, Jets kind of got it back in the neutral zone. And for some reason, the whiteout was just giving him the business. They're all just booing at him, probably saying, like, why Why is this guy on the ice? Like, he, he's been doing nothing for us this this series, which he hasn't. But uh, it was good to see him. He, he kind of uh, got the puck back after he just lost it, and uh, he kind of came down. He looked for a pass almost, and then realized when he, the shot was open, he took the shot, and he buried it top right. So, um, yeah, so that, that was to put him uh, only down by one. So uh, that that was really good to see from Scheifling. I I hope that he um continues to you know be the offensive player that he can be in the series because that's when he's playing his best hockey. And we've seen in the series, and I shouldn't say in the series in the season, that uh he's he's kind of turned into a goal scorer right now. And honestly, there, you can never get enough of that in the in the in the, in the playoffs, especially when you have a goalie like uh, Connor Halabak, right? So. Um, if if Shively can get back to his goal scoring ways, Connor's playing really well. Lowry's playing very well. Dubois is having a really good series. Um, we should be fine. But one big hit to us, and I think this might be the reason why we don't really live up to what we can be this series, is because Josh Morrissey is out for the rest of the series. Um, really innocent hit uh, that he uh, that he he actually threw that he got hit. Uh, it was kind of just like a stand up hit. Uh, you know, no one, no one fell into the ice, uh, but their knees kind of collided. And the weird part was that he he skated away and he finished his shift. Maybe uh, he cut it a little bit short, but uh, he he was able to get the bench all right and uh, he he went right back to the dressing rooms, which I, I didn't think, uh, obviously I didn't like, but I, I didn't think it was it was going to be him out for the for the rest of the game. Never mind the rest of the series, right? So to hear that after the game is definitely demoralizing, and I hope that the Jets kind of find a way to bounce back because learning that you lose your best defenseman and losing a kind of a emotional overtime game. That's a lot to take at once. So I hope that they, uh, they kind of find a way to, you know, rally around each other and, um, you know, come back in this series, but without Morrissey, it's going to be really tough and uh, we'll see who they call up. There's definitely a lot of options, but I, uh, I, I hope he comes back uh, hopefully in the second round and, um I guess just one last thing I want to say before I hand it over to you is uh, I hope Nick Ehlers can come back in the series sometime too because uh, we we've seen uh, our lines have been scrambling a little bit uh, with missing him and um, it, it'd be really nice to get him back and uh, he he's just another big energy guy too that he could he could be uh, you know impactful in the playoffs and he's shown that in the past that he, he's a very big impact player so I really hope that uh, we can get Ehlers back this series and. If we find a way to win the series, we can get Morris back in the future.
1: Yeah, obviously those are two huge losses. I mean, injuries are the worst, right? Like, there's not really much you can do about them. You just hope that that you don't get unlucky, or you know, you hope to be lucky and not lose, especially impact players like that. So, yeah, the, the Jets have definitely been really unlucky lately, and you know, they could really use either speed right now. I know, I think he's supposed to be back at some point in the series. Uh, so I ho- hope I'm hoping that he is as soon as he can, and yeah, honestly, I would like to see the Jets win that series. With with the, my my team, the Penguins out. I don't really have a team to root for. I guess maybe if I had to choose the second favorite team, it would probably be Colorado. But for, 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 <laughs> but for the most part, I'm just rooting for the underdogs, and so I I, w- I would I wouldn't mind seeing the Jets win, and especially after losing Morrissey, I think I think like you said it. It's. It could go one of two ways. They can either, uh, you know, kind of this will hit them really hard and they won't be able to perform without their number one defenseman. He's, he's been there all year long, their number one guy. And, you know, that's just a huge hole in the lineup that you can't really replace. And they're not used to playing without him. So maybe they just lose just two straight games because of that. Or the way that I hope it goes is that they rally around him and the guys rally around each other. And they just, they're, they're able to, you know, like I said, rally way. around each other and find a way yeah. to, to upset the Golden Knights. I mean, they're down 2-1 right now, so they got to win three of the next four to win the series, so it, it's going to be close, but I do hope they're able to rally around each other and, and upset the Golden Knights.
0: I, I think they're going to win tonight, though. I, I think they're going to win Game 4 in Winnipeg. Um, like we've, we've talked off-camera, Vegas is a really good uh, road team, so that kind of scares me, but I... I I don't see a scenario where the Jets will lose both at home with that with that environment, especially they, they know they don't want to go back to Vegas down 3-1, right? So um, I, I'm confident they're going to win tonight, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. But um, I think that's all we got for uh, this week's episode. Uh, covered all eight series.
1: Um, Hold on, we, we, we should mention one thing. We forgot with the Kings and Oilers series. Did you watch the the game three, the, the whole high stick thing, in overtime? Did you did you see any of that? Oh
0: yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: What did you see on that play? I think we should talk about this.
0: Okay. Yeah. Don't, I know uh, Oilers
1: fans have just been going crazy.
0: Yeah, that that was a really close play. I, I I can't believe we forgot to talk about that during their our our little discussion about their series. But um, I I thought it was a high stick. To be honest, I if I I think I wasn't really too sure if it was a high stick or not. But when I, I watched it a lot, and I watched it in slow-mo, and I think if you don't watch the puck, but you watch the stick, you can kind of see the stick, like, slightly go back. And it's not because its hands are, are moving it. It's because just it, the the puck slightly brings it back, just maybe like an inch, right? So I thought it was a high stick. um uh, It's it's really too bad that the game ended in, in that way. But um I thought it was a high stick. But you know what? Honestly, there's nothing you can do about it now, so... Uh, it it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of saw what you saw as well. I I do think, like, if I had to guess, I'd say it probably did hit the stick. But I completely understand why they didn't think it was conclusive enough to overturn For the sure. call. Yeah, because, and and I know that, you know, if that happened to my team, I wouldn't be able to understand that, and I know Oilers fans won't understand that. But I I just I I would be mad. Like if I was a Kings fan, and that call got called or that goal got called back based off that evidence, because I just don't think that's conclusive enough.
0: Sure, At the end yeah. of the day,
1: you can't say with one hundred percent certainty that the puck hit his stick. You can't say with one hundred percent certainty that his stick twitching the slightest bit was because of the puck. You can't say it with one hundred percent certainty. It might have been no, his sure. hands. No, for sure, I agree. Right, yeah. and and the puck did keep rotating in the same motion. So it's hard. It's it's so hard to tell, and I do understand why. You know, it, it just wasn't conclusive enough to overturn.
0: Yeah, no, I, I. It sounds kind of weird, but I think they made the right call because, like you said, it's not conclusive enough. But I, I do think that, like, if I had to put money on it, I, do think that it would, it would hit a stick.
1: But yeah, well, honestly, so, it sucks for Oilers fans, but it's like, what do you do, <laughs> right? So yeah, so for as much as for, for as much hate as we've given the the officiating the playoffs in this episode, I think that's one, one piece that we can agree on. That, yeah. That that's we can just say, good, th- yeah. they, you know, as much as they've been getting a lot of hate, I, I don't think that they got it wrong there.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, uh, I think with that all being said, that's going to do it for, uh, this week's episode, uh, covered every series and, uh, we'll be doing another one on Thursday, uh, when majority or even maybe some of these series are done, uh, majority of them will be just, you know, going to their last final game. So, Uh, we'll be doing another one on thursday here and uh yeah so i think with that all being said thanks for listening and have a good one